Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. You can be who you were born to be. You can break free from your past conditioning once and for all. You can live the life of your dreams. You can fulfill your potential in this lifetime. It is possible. There is power inside of each and every one of us. My friends, I'm delighted to welcome Coot Blackson to the Storybox today. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, he's a beloved international and inspirational uh, speaker and transformational teacher. He's the author of two national best-selling books, You Are the One and The Magic of Surrender. He is widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development and has been featured on the late Larry King Now Show, Fox and Friends, Dr. Drew as well. Inc. Magazine calls him the mindfulness guru billionaires go to for advice. Coot offers a fresh, bold look at spiritual awareness for a whole new generation. He was born in Ghana, West Africa. But Coot's multicultural upbringing as a, as a child of a Japanese mother and a Ghanaian father has spanned four different continents. His unique uh, lineage lay the foundation for his approach to breaking down barriers and unlocking an individual's true gifts and greatness. He's been doing this well over 20 years now. And I have no doubt at all that you are going to love Coot's message. Today, we talk about the magic of surrender and how many of us can actually say with sincerity and honesty that they have struggled to surrender to what is and to really become fully and completely uh, themselves. And I, I know that I've struggled with that. So... I know that this is going to be transformational for all of you. So please, if you do get something from this, share it around to each and every one of your friends and family member. Let everyone know about this one. Also, I would greatly appreciate it if you guys could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. goes a huge way in helping to support the show. I always love 
uh, hearing the positive feedback that I do get from you guys. So thank you all so much. Everything that you need is all in the show notes below. Don't forget to also get a copy of Kurt's book. It's called The Magic of Surrender, available anywhere books are sold. Uh, links in, in the bio. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to surrender as we journey into the story box today and listen, learn, and grow from the one, the only, Coot Blackson and his incredible, and I mean incredible, transformational story. To be here. It's great to have you here, my friend. Thank you so much for making the time out of your very busy schedule, no doubt. Um, I was really, really excited uh, to actually connect with you today because I have been following your work um, on Instagram and Facebook and I have heard of you. I actually watched your interview with the late, great Larry King, which is quite inspiring, I have to say so the least. But I want to get into your backstory in just a moment. But the very first question that I have for you is what does success look like for you? Um, for me, success is really about growth and evolution. Uh, I come from a perspective that we're all souls. Uh, we incarnate into this human experience uh, with different lessons to learn. And we incarnate in order to learn those lessons, to grow, to evolve, so that we can realize more of who we truly are and uh, tap into our divinity, our infinity, our perfection, and, and share our gifts with the world. And so uh, that being the case, to me, life itself is soul school. Life is a university for our soul. And every situation, every person, every relationship, every everything in life is uh, part of our soul's curriculum and all lessons are repeated until learned. And so for me, real success is not simply the achievement of a goal, the achievement of an outcome, the, the, the typical one dimensional gold line driven success paradigm that we are taught from childhood and media and society. Real success is really uh, takes into account the soul line because you can achieve something uh, 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 a goal, a job, a million dollars, uh, manifest a project, a relationship, but be miserable inside, but be compromising your truth, but be, be betraying yourself, not, not living in integrity. Uh, you could not achieve something, but be following your truth, be living in integrity. And ultimately, uh, the degree to which I, I feel we learn the lessons in a given situation for why we attracted that situation, that dynamic, that experience, the degree to which we learn the lessons to me is really the degree to which we are successful. So the real success, I think we need a new paradigm of success um, that encompasses growth and evolution and learning the lessons. And I think so long as we're learning the lessons, uh, and growing and becoming more, becoming more of who we really, really, really authentically are, we are successful in that moment, regardless of what happens in the level of the world. Mm. Speaking about lessons, what has been the most challenging lesson that you've had to learn recently? Um, let's see. You know, I don't know if it's a recent lesson, but it's a recent lesson, but it's an ongoing life lesson, <laughs> I would say, for everyone. Uh, it, it, it's really what my book is about. You know, not to take it in that, in that direction, but honestly, uh, with a lot of the changes in the last year, year and a half, um, the lesson is surrender, ultimately. 
You know, for me, I'm in a continual process of deepening in my experience of surrender. And I think we surrender at different levels of our consciousness. And so the deeper I go, there's different things to surrender that can get deeper. And uh, when COVID hit, for me, uh, I was in Los Angeles for 20 some years, uh, was guided to leave Los Angeles. That was a surrender that was very difficult because I love Los Angeles, but it just felt <clears throat> right. I went to Phoenix, didn't want to go to Phoenix. I'm like, why the hell am I going to Phoenix? Uh, broke up a relationship, left Phoenix, sold my house in Phoenix, moved to Miami. I mean, these were not things I had planned with my own intention or will or mind. Uh, these were things that when I really felt into uh, life just began to reveal and show that this was the necessary next step for my evolution and the direction that life was taking me. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's a continual, honestly, it's a continual process of surrender and living to deeper degrees for me, living to deeper degrees of surrender, living to deeper levels of what is it like to live without the need to know what what everything is, what's going to happen. Because I think the mind, one of the ways the mind can tries to control is it needs to know what something is. It needs to know where we're going. It needs to know what the outcome is. And so uh, a continual, for me, a continual freefall of living in, well, like, what is it like to deepen living in <clears throat> absolute trust of life and allowing myself to be led and guided by life? And so that's really, it's kind of like walking a tightrope, but at a higher and higher and higher elevation. So first you start walking the tightrope, kind of like walking on the floor. Then you lift it up a, a meter. Then you take it up five, 10, 15. Eventually it's a skyscraper. You're walking the tightrope. And so it feels like to live life, embracing the unknown, to live life with absolute trust is, is just a continual lesson and deepening mm. that, uh, I continue to dance into. I think I'm on the same kind of path as well. Like I'm, I'm still trying to learn how to better surrender and better accept the certain circumstances that do come in my life. Some are unexpected while others sort of, I kind of make them happen for myself. And it's kind of like, sometimes I do wrestle with them if I don't like them. And so that's why, that's one of the reasons why I love your book, because it, it speaks to a lot of this aspect of taking away control, removing ego, that sort of thing. But one, one question I do have for you is why is surrender so difficult for people in the first place? You know, uh, surrender actually isn't difficult. We make it difficult. Surrender is, is really the easiest thing we could ever do. It's just like, let go. Okay, <laughs> let go. That, that's not difficult. <laughs> if you really think about it, it's not difficult. What we do, which is resist, that's freaking difficult. Spending all day holding your breath and, and holding on to what's not aligned, that's actually more difficult. And it's more difficult and harder to live in the pain of the holding on. When we don't surrender and we hold on, it's like, if you need to take a poop and you hold it in and you're like, I'm not gonna poop, I'm not gonna poop, I'm not gonna poop. I mean, that's hard, right? To let go, it's like, oh, thank you universe. And so as human beings, 
whether we are consciously aware or not, whether we want to or not, every human being, good, bad, up, down, black, white, green, orange, you know, gay, straight, fat, skinny, religious, non-religious, doesn't matter who you are, Pablo Escobar, Mother Teresa, we are all in a process of surrender. Surrender is the nature of life. So you can't not surrender. Mm. It's just the nature of being human, how we participate in that. That's a whole other ballgame, right? And so surrender is actually hardwired into our physiology. We're just not aware. Like if you take a deep breath in, you have to breathe out. That's, that's the universe reminding us that we actually have to surrender. It's hardwired. Like that is every breath is a reminder of surrender. Every breath is a reminder of surrender. As we get older, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, the body starts changing, white hairs, hair falls out, things start happening, you know, and, and, and so we're being surrendered, whether we like it or not. And how we participate in that, we can resist it, we can participate with it, cooperate with it. That determines our reality, whether we suffer or whether we expand and thrive. And so I tell people, you can surrender now, you can surrender tomorrow, you can surrender next lifetime, but you will have to surrender. There's, at least at the point of death, there's no way out. So I say, why, why wait till death to go, okay, I surrender? You know, at that moment, you won't have a choice. You will have to. Why not? Why not surrender now? And I think surrender can be a little bit scary for a couple of reasons. One is the misconception we have, which I'll share. But, but spiritually, psychically, psychologically, I think surrender can be a little scary for our ego, which is really our perceived sense of self, uh, the way we identify ourselves to be me, which is based on uh, name, body, form, memories, experiences, beliefs from the past that we hold on to as a sense of, this is who I am, J, Ku, boom. We hold tightly onto this sense of identity that we believe ourselves to be. And so surrender, letting go of the belief, the idea, the thought form, the value, the story, a relationship in which we identify me Ness to be can be scary because the letting go threatens our perceived sense of who we think we are. Yeah. And so the ego's job, ego isn't necessarily real. It's just a process of identification. So the ego's job is to constantly uh, uh, keep reinforce its false sense of existence, its identity by doing, by struggling, by suffering, by, you know, by holding on. And, and, and so the holding on is the mechanism for which we use to, to, to reinforce our sense of meanness. And so that's why it can be, be really scary. But what I would say is when we understand a, 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 a different context and definition of surrender, it can change the whole game. Like right now, there's a misconception, I think, in our culture that surrender is weak. Well, who the hell wants to be weak? You know, surrender is passive. Surrender means lying down, waving the white flag, giving up, being abused, being taken advantage of, or being a monk, moving to the Himalayas. I mean, come on, you know, this is how we've been uh, 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 conditioned to perceive so 
to, to perceive surrender. And, and so uh, this idea of if you surrender, you won't manifest your goals, your dreams, your desires, right? You can see why there might be some resistance too. But I'm actually saying we need a, re, a new definition of surrender. Like what if you surrender and you actually got more? more than you could imagine, more than you want, more, more than you could uh, uh, visualize and create with your conscious intention. So just so everyone's clear, surrender means letting go of what's no longer aligned. Surrender means uh, letting go of trying to control every little thing about your life. I mean, control is really an illusion if last year, COVID pandemic has taught us anything. We're not really in as much control as we thought we were. It's just kind of, we thought we were in control. Now we're not really in control. And so surrender is letting go of this illusion of control, right? Surrender is when we stop trying to force and fit life and manipulate life into our small idea of what we think it should look like. And surrender is to let go of the idea of who we think we should be based on society and parents and, and social media and everyone else's life, religion. So surrender is to let go of the life that we think we should be living, should be living so that we can actually embrace the life that we have, so that we can actually embrace the, the authentic life that is seeking to express through us. To surrender is not laziness, is not necessarily passivity. To surrender is to not compromise who you are, but when you dare to stand for what you know is right inside, is to, it's to, it's to dare to love fully despite the risks. It's to, it, it, it's to surrender to a, or commit to a purpose that is bigger than yourself. Because if you look at all the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, Greta Thunberg, the climate activist, um, Malai Yousafzai, the young girl from Pakistan who's you know, leading a civil rights movement for women, young women, they all at some point had to surrender themselves to a bigger vision, to a bigger intelligence of their soul. And so surrender is to open to life and allow yourself to be used by life. And so it's a shift in paradigm. I want people to be excited about surrender because when they understand like, wow, you mean it's, it, it's opening? Yeah, when you open more to the bigger vision of life that is seeking to express, that's when we tap you tap into an infinite potential beyond yourself. So surrender is to shift from this old, ego-based model or paradigm for living one's life. To me, it's old. Self-help books have, have been have been sort of teaching people this old paradigm, which is get what you want. Here's how to get what you want. The seven keys to get what you want. But we never really ask, who is the you that wants? Who is the you? And so sometimes you get what you thought you wanted only to think, only to be left with the sense of emptiness. Or you get what you thought you wanted only to realize that what you, you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. But if you're not in touch with who you are, then even your goals and dreams and what your life is driving to will be, your goals will be a sort of, sort of projection of unmet needs from childhood that weren't met, that you're trying to get through the goals. If I could get that goal, I'm going to be enough. I'm going to be valued. I'm going to be loved. And it will never be fulfilling. And so the old paradigm is about asking the question, what do I want? I, me, identity, ego, limitation, right? And, and let's be fair, you can manifest a good life 
driven by the ego. You can. Lots of people do it. Lots of people have done it. But it's limited. I'm talking about greatness. I'm talking about Mandela. I'm talking about Martin Luther King. I'm talking about the great ones, truly, that transcended themselves, went beyond themselves, and life began to use them and live through them and create through them and look at the impact that these people had on the world. The impact they had on the world far outlived their own human lifetime. That is greatness. So the question we have to ask in the paradigm of surrender is really about what is it that life seeking to express through me? What is it that life seeking to manifest through me? What is it that life is seeking, what is the deepest impulse of what life wants to express and create and manifest through me? And to open to that, when we allow ourselves to open to that, we transcend our limited self, we transcend our small life, we open to life, life can start flowing through us like it did the great ones, and that's when we start aligning our personality with our soul and aligning our personality with this impulse, the deepest expression, then we align our actions, our resources, our money, our strategy with this deepest impulse of life. And that's the magic. And so to me, this is surrender. You know, surrender is openness. Surrender is to live with, with curiosity. Surrender is not laziness. It might mean sometimes you have to tell someone, hey, no, it might mean like, like a Greta Thunberg, the climate activist, you go out onto the street with a board and say, stop climate change. It might mean like, like uh, Martin Luther King, right? Uh, or, or, or like Gandhi, you have to take a stance and go protest. It might mean, but it's about surrendering to the deepest authentic truth of your soul and living that. There's a lot of areas that I could have, <laughs> I, I want to go down now. <laughs> you set up so many, but one, one that I am curious about is you, you have a number of chapters in your book. You've got seven chapters and they all go through different areas of surrendering to such as love, purpose, you name it. One of them that I was interested in, and I want to hear your, your take on it is surrendering to fear. Is it a good thing for us to surrender to the fear that is in front of us? Or how, more or less, can we surrender to the fear that is sort of stopping us from actually surrendering and moving forward in our life and achieving that greatness? Yeah, I would say it's important to acknowledge the fear. You know, acknowledging the fear is different. To acknowledge the fear is to recognize that the fear... To me, feelings aren't good or bad. It's just a signal. Yeah. It's just a signal. And if you acknowledge that there's fear, see, most people let just let fear hijack them. That's the challenge. They let fear run the show. They let fear control them. But I would also say, as a side note, if you're living life and you feel no fear whatsoever, probably the life you're living is too small. <laughs> it's too small. Because it's probably, if I said, hey, uh, 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 Jay, just stand up out of your chair and go to the back, uh, go, go behind you and pick up that book, you wouldn't feel any fear. There'd be no fear. They'd be like, sure, because there's no growth there. <laughs> so, so whenever you're stretching outside of your comfort zone, there might be a sense of fear. <gasps> Oh my God, I'm going where I haven't gone before. I'm going into the unknown. I'm, I'm expanding beyond my current capacity. I'm going to, 
But this is evolution. This is success. You see, this is evolution. A true goal, a real good goal, will likely bring up something. Because it will take you where you haven't gone before. It will, it will take you inside of yourself to tap into parts of yourself that you have not had to tap into before. This is a good goal. A mediocre goal keeps you doing the same shit over and over and over again. No growth, no success. Even if you succeed, what kind of success is it if you don't grow and you're stagnant? Yeah. So if you are expanding and growing, you're going to feel some fear. This is good. So I say fear is really excitement without breath. So we have to learn to get into relationship with the fear and breathe. To get into relationship with the fear, breathe and expand. Now, I think it's important to look around. Like if there is a tiger chasing you, maybe fear is healthy. But if there's no tiger chasing you, many times we're feeling fear. We allow fear to stop us. And there's no reason to feel fear because sometimes we, some, some fear is produced because we go into the mind we project into the future. We create a negative future fantasy about what might happen, what could happen, all the things are going to happen. We go on and on and on and on. Most of those things never actually happen. And then we freak ourselves up out in advance. And then we let the fear, the future fear fantasy stop us in the present. So we have to really look in the moment and ask ourselves, is this fear? Okay, if fear is a messenger, we scan around and go, is there, is there anything to actually be afraid about right now? Am I in danger right now? Is something attacking me right now? No. Then we know, okay, maybe there's something going on inside. Is this fear simply because I'm expanding and I'm going beyond my comfort zone where I've never been before? Oh, okay. So, so then it's a good fear. It, it's really excitement. Then we breathe and then we then it's important that we focus our intention and energies on the opportunity, the blessing. You know, there's many things in my life I've done that have been somewhat scary. But where I choose to place my attention is on the potential impact that it can have on people's lives. Yeah. And when I really feel the impact that it can have and the lives that it can touch, then that impact pull will pulls me, can pull you through your own momentary fear in that brief moment, you know? So fear is not bad. It's a beautiful thing. It's a messenger. You can acknowledge yourself. And I think we can get into a relationship with ourselves as well and just say, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We're fine. Everything's good. No tigers chasing us. We're just growing. We're expanding. Here's the opportunity. Let's get excited about the opportunity. And you take a step. There's, there's, there's this illusion that you have to get rid of fear. Be fearless. I think that's stupid. Fear is a messenger. We need fear as human beings to, to create some you know, sense of intelligence. You're walking down a dark street. You feel a little bit. Now, if you start freaking yourself out, collapse to the floor, now you, you don't have a healthy relationship with it. But if you feel a little, if you don't have any fear, you might be walking through a, a, a gang infested neighborhood like, ah, I'm fearless. I feel no fear. That's stupid. So we have to learn how to relate to the fear and, 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 and embrace it as a healthy part of the human being that we are so we can navigate and pay attention so that we can keep ourselves safe. So fear is a messenger. It, ha it has its place and it has its space. And we have to know how to, to really relate to it, you know? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly with you got to have a healthy relationship with the fear. 
I think we can either you we can either allow fear to either <laughs> propel us forward in the best way possible. And I often say to people, like, if you're not afraid, there's definitely something wrong. There's something going on because like, it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. It keeps you guessing. It keeps you curious oftentimes. That's what I've noticed. And I think going back to what you were saying earlier with, you know, you, you had to leave Los Angeles. You had to leave the place that you loved. You had to break up with a girl that you no doubt fell in love with. You know, I have been there and it was a scary and, and a fearful time where I placed for that relationship, for example, I, I placed my entire identity, my entire purpose into that one person, which is stupid because when it all broke, I broke with it. So I, I became really, really lost and I was afraid. I was fearful of no one's going to love me anymore. No one's going to ever want to be with me anymore because that's how I felt in the moment. I didn't allow the the fear to propel me forward. I allowed the fear to keep me stuck. And that's when other problems came up like depression, yeah, anxiety, all that sort of stuff. So I wrestled with the surrender for many, many months. <laughs> so, and, and, and we don't have to, you know, get rid of fear. I really want to make yeah. that clear. You don't have to be fearless. I would say anyone that did anything great, they had fear. Yeah, they had fear, but they had to acknowledge the fear and, and breathe through it and dig deeper and, and find, and that's what courage is, right? When you find the internal strength that in spite of the fear, you take the step forward. In spite of the fear, you take the step forward. There've been so many things in my life uh, that I've done that I was scared, that I didn't know, but it felt right. Uh, so what we have to surrender to is the calling. That's what I would say, to be clear. Don't surrender to the fear, but what we have to surrender to is the calling. Because every time I surrendered to the calling, the calling was this direct, this feels right, but it's crazy. But 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 how will I how will I function? I've never been there, but it feels right. It was a calling. When we surrender to the calling, then that calling pulls you through your fear. And then you find the courage because you know this decision is right. It's scary, you're terrified, but something is aligned in your soul. Surrender to the alignment. Alignment doesn't mean you don't have to fear. The fear can be there, but that, that's, that's how we grow. We feel the fear, we breathe through, we take a step, we expand. And that's how all the great ones became great. They weren't just born great, like boom, came out the womb and they were, Jesus, Gandhi, Buddha, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, they kept putting themselves in situations that were outside of the comfort zone and as a result kept expanding their bandwidth for loving, their bandwidth for for courage. And so I think we all have the capacity for greatness. Uh, We just have to be willing to exercise it. It's a muscle to exercise. What has been your most vulnerable moment in your life, Kud? Wow. Um, I think so many at different moments, you know, heartbreak uh, and deep love, loving so deeply and, you know, feeling shattered that the relationship didn't work out. Um, Someone that I love so deeply and I give everything, you know, without holding back when I'm really in love. Um, So that's been really hard. Uh, Losing my mother, who I love very deeply. I write about that in my book. That That was really vulnerable and hard because she was uh, 
just the dearest person to me, you know, in a certain sense. Uh, I always had a knowing that, that someone was there, you know, that, that the sense that someone is there. And so when she was gone, it was very, I didn't think about it at the time, but it was a, it, it was a psychic vulnerability of, wow, she's not there anymore, you know? So, so that, that was a sense of vulnerability. I mean, it was very vulnerable, uh, leaving the UK with no money, having the conversation with my father that I'm not going to, I was supposed to take over my father's churches and I'm not going to take over his churches and having no support, $800 coming to the, U, the, the US with two suitcases, <clears throat> knowing no one, incredibly vulnerable. Um, there were times in the first few years where I was basically, because I was homeless, I wasn't on the street, but living on couches, you know, and, and at the mercy of friends and people and, and no money and living on a couch of people that is vulnerable, you know? And, and, and so there've been many moments, many moments, you know, many moments in my life, uh, but the list goes on. Yeah, you write about your mother, I believe it is, in Chapter 6, and you talk about the ultimate letting go, which is yes. love. A powerful chapter, man. <laughs> but one one thing that I do want to ask you is, uh, why didn't you take over your father's churches? Why did you decide to go out on your own? You know, I, I, I didn't feel, when my father announced the congregation, and my father has 300 churches, hundreds of thousands of followers at the time. When he announced to the congregation, my son is taking over, um, it was a shock because we didn't discuss it. Uh, it's just a feeling that didn't feel right, honestly. It, it's just one of those feelings that when he announced it, I didn't think about it, but I knew something didn't fit. It, it, that was the sensation. And I think as human beings, we all know deep inside. We know the truth deep inside, but we deny the truth deep inside because we're afraid of the consequences. We're afraid of what will happen. And my fear was if I speak my truth to my father that this doesn't feel quite right, I would disappoint him. He'd be heartbroken, which he was. Um, I would lose love. My fear was if I dare to be who I am, he won't love me, he won't love me. And so I didn't say anything for four years and I went along with it, you know, and I was ordained and went through the whole process, but inside it didn't feel right. And I just knew that I was not being honest with myself. And I started to feel a calling. I wanted to come to the US and uh, go into this field because I started reading many books as a young kid, uh, self-help books. And so many of the self-help authors, Deepak Chopra, Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer, Jack Canfield, <laughs> They were, they were teaching in different ways. They didn't have a church. They didn't have a, they weren't part of a religion. And, and so nothing wrong if that's someone's path, but it just started to feel more right to do it in a more open way that could reach people from all walks of life. And being a spiritual kid, this is what I wanted to do. And uh, I think one of the things, that, sorry, the table just went off. One of the things that keeps us stuck, I think as human beings is, are really all the ways we lie to ourselves. You know, in so many ways, we lie to ourselves about who we are, about what we want, about what we desire, about what we feel, about, um, you know, maybe you're in a relationship and you know that it's not quite right, this relationship, but you stay in the relationship because it's comfortable, it's safe. You're afraid of breaking the other person's heart. Your parents love your partner. 
whatever the, whatever it is, you know, you've met, you've invested so much into the relationship. So, so now you want to reap the rewards of your investment into the relationship or you're working it, but you know, it's not right. Or you're working a job that, you know, is not aligned. That is not a true reflection of your heart and your soul. And you have the sense that this is not the reason for why you were born. And so, the 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 resonance of not being in integrity with yourself, you can feel that. And, and so there's many things we do where we don't tell ourselves the truth. And I think to truly break free, to truly make a shift in our life where we have to start and where I had to start back then was to have the courage and the willingness to tell myself the truth to have the courage to tell oneself the truth. And so I would invite people to sit with some specific questions. What lies am I telling myself? Just sit with it. What lies am I telling myself? It's number one. And just get real and get honest because the truth will set you free. What am I pretending to not know? We are constantly pretending and sometimes we create a smoke screen of confusion because if we stay confused, we don't have to Make change. If we stay confused, we don't have to do anything differently. We can stay where we are. So it becomes a, the confusion sometimes becomes a smokescreen of psychological protection. Right. Uh, the other question I'd invite people to sit with is really sitting with what is the pain? What is the pain and the cost of of living a lie, of not being, of not of not living the truth? I started to feel all of these things as a young boy. Right. And it's like wow, something's not. It was so painful for four years. Like my my, my soul didn't feel quite right. And so the challenge is sometimes as human beings, we feel the pain, it's painful, but we deny it. We distract ourselves. We suppress it away, sex it away, drink it away, uh, drug it away, social media it away, shop it away. Whatever is busy, it's, it's away so that we don't have to feel the pain which just keeps us stuck even more. So I think it's so important that we allow, that's why I say pain is a gift. Pain is a messenger. Pain is not good or bad. It's just showing us where we're not aligned. It's just showing us where we need to pay attention. And so when we're not in alignment or living truth, it's painful. It's meant to be painful. It's not meant to be pleasant. You know, when, like, like if we lie to ourselves, we betray ourselves, we're not living in integrity. Well, Jay, I feel amazing. It's not meant to be like that. So the fact that we feel pain is a signal that we must learn to pay attention to and dig deeper to see where we're not in alignment so that we can bring ourselves back into alignment. It does take courage to speak the truth. It does take courage to tell ourselves the truth. But I will say that if we don't deal with the truth, at some point, we will have to deal with it in the uh, in the mediocre or the, the the limited life that we end up living from living the lie. And I knew when I looked into my future at 18 years old, I had a decision. I chose not to go to university. And I looked into my future and something was calling me to come to America, come to America, come to America, pursue your dream, figure I'm not going to go to university because... If I want to help people with life, I have to live life. And so I decided I was going to live life and come to Los Angeles and meet my inspirations and mentors and the folks I'd read about as a kid. And so I looked into my other future, the expected path. And many of us were following and living the expected path. Many of us were not living boldly, courageously, the life that we were truly meant to live. If I asked 
you listening, everyone listening right now, are you living boldly, fully, the life you were put on this planet to live? Could you say yes? And if not, why not? I looked into my future at 18, saw my life totally set out for me. I saw that I could not be truly happy and fulfilled living someone else's life or being someone that I'm not. And if I, if I start living a lie, see, if you start living a lie, I mean, it may not be intentional, but if you start living an untruth, I saw for myself that I would have to then live a lie for the rest of my life. <laughs> if I live a life, a lie, then I'm going to have to keep living that lie in order to get the love, the validation and approval. And so I decided that nothing was worth it. And what's the point of having success and and worldly, you know, by worldly standards, if I don't have myself. And so that's when I made the decision courageously. I was terrified. I mean, terrified. That's when I made the decision to speak to my father. And that's when I told my father, I'm not taking over. Uh, I'm leaving. He was incredibly disappointed. We didn't speak for two years, very challenging. But I ended up winning a green card in the lottery shortly after. It sounds like a fairy tale, but I swear it is true. I ended up winning a green card in the green card lottery. And that for me was a confirmation from the universe. You know, that was confirmation that I was on the right path. That was confirmation that when you follow, I believe when you surrender and you follow your deepest truth, Nature will support you. Life will support you because you are living in alignment with nature and life. You're living in the flow and life supports more of life. And I won this, I won this green card and that's how I got to the US and uh, had no idea what the hell I was doing, where the hell I was going, had no plan, didn't know anyone, just following the impulse and allowing life to lead me. Uh, one thing I do want to say is some folks listening in might be wondering, how do I know if I'm lying to myself, if I'm lying to myself? I know someone listening in is probably thinking, like, if I'm lying to myself, how do I know? Mm -hmm. Right? And, and so there's a few signs that will help you bust yourself. Number one, after this next few minutes, you'll never be able to say you don't know again. Uh, one way you know, like, so if you're someone saying, no, could I'm fine, everything's great, I'm not lying to myself. If you got any of these signs going on, this might be a sign that you're lying to yourself somewhere. So number one, you have some level of emotional pain, like depression. Mm. Like you feel the good, I'm fine, but I'm depressed. Mm. Something doesn't add up. I'm fine, but I'm depressed. It, the depression can often be a sign that you are suppressing some deeper level of truth. So over time, it manifests in the form of emotional depression. It could be depression, frustration, resentment, anger, that's a sign, emotional pain. It might manifest as some physical ailment, physical pain, um, shoulder ache, neck ache, back ache, eye ache. Some physical pain is, is how the intelligence of your body starts communicating to you. Your unconscious starts communicating to you, telling you, hey, something you're, you're not acknowledging, you're not doing it consciously, it starts manifesting in your body. If done consistently, number three, it might manifest as some physical uh, illness or sickness. Right, that that, that the cancer, thyroid, uh, diabetes, some physical illness, because the body has an intelligence, and there's an intelligence in the body. The body keeps score of everything, and so when we're suppressing the truth, again, your body, your unconscious through your body starts speaking to you, manifesting some illness to get your attention, 
that could be another way, another way. Uh, another simple way is life just stops flowing because your energy is not flowing harmoniously. The flow of your life doesn't happen. And so things don't quite connect the dots together because you aren't in a flow. Okay. Uh, the last sign that you might be lying to yourself, uh, and I know maybe a few people are going, hmm, they, hopefully you're connecting some dots, right? Uh, one other sign might be you manifest or attract people to your life, into your life, that reflect or play out your suppressed feeling or emotion. Mm. So you might say, cool, I keep attracting people that are depressed. Why do I keep, they're depressed. I'm fine. They're depressed. It's a signal. I keep attracting people that are angry, angry, frustrated with their life all the time. My boyfriend's frustrated. This person's angry. Why do I check all these angry people? That might be a sign that there's something that you're not acknowledging within yourself. And so, you, so, so you're drawing that energy to you as a projection, projected manifested mirror showing you what's going on in you. So these are some signs that you might be lying to yourself. I'd say to everyone, check them out and bring yourself into truth. Mm. That's powerful, man. And I've always said to people, mate, you may be able to keep lying to other people and they may believe you for a certain amount of time. The one person you can never really lie to properly is yourself because it will just manifest absolute hell and chaos into your life eventually. May not become eventually. very, very soon, but it will eventually. So we'll appreciate you sharing that, man. But um, I want to bring value to to you and, and your work right now. Uh, appreciate you sharing all these amazing uh, words of wisdom for people. Thanks. I'm loving this conversation. But your, your new book, The Magic of Surrender, where can people get a copy of it before I ask you the final question? And, sure. Uh, yeah, where, where can they connect with you? Uh, Magic of Surrender, available all over Amazon. Uh, get it online. Um, people can connect with me, Instagram, Coop Blackson, Facebook, Coop Love Now can also connect with me, my website, www.coopblackson.com. Uh, I do an event, 12 day event in Bali, which is currently closed, but maybe by the time people listen, it'll be open. It's 12 days, deep dive transformation, www.boundlessblissbali.com. Amazing. Well, I cannot wait uh, to meet you in person and do one of these events one day. I think it's going to be uh, transformational. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun too, but um, I love your book, The Magic of Surrender. I need to still get your first book. You are the one, but um, I kind of skipped that. But even in your Larry King interview, I kind of felt you teasing it in during that interview. You said you, you mentioned surrender in there. And I was like, huh, okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that you wrote this book for everyone. It's, it's a great read. Honestly, I mean that from all over my heart, really. Um, my final question for you, my friend, this is my all time favorite question. I ask everyone at the end of all my conversations. So it's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided. Wait, 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 wait. I am, I am 100, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Nice trick. <laughs> nice one. But imagine that you do get there, right? And your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We will call it magic for the sake of argument. They've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? 
Um, love radically, love fully. It's the bottom line. It's the only thing that matters, you know? I mean, that's it. Love, love now is, if I would say two words, love now. And I just tell everyone, it would probably be in the film there and abouts, but look, you're going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. We're freaking dying right now. There's no way out of this thing called life. It's beautiful. No, no, no death, no life. Symbiotic relationship. Jesus died. Buddha died. Gandhi died. Mother Teresa died. Bruce Lee died. All the great ones died. You and I sure as hell are going to die. It's not the question. And so I think many times we live like we have forever, but we don't. When my mother died, the only regret I had in my entire life, and I've done many things, was not spending more time with my mother. Mm. I thought I had more time with her. The trips I wanted to take with her, the journeys and the things I wanted to do, gone. And so this life is so fleeting, it's so short, it's so raw, it's so precious, it's so fragile, that I would just invite you to be like, if death came right now, would you be ready? And if not, why not? What would you need to do? What would you need to say? What would you need, who would you need to reach out to? Who would you need to forgive? Many times we hold on to grudges because we think we have tomorrow. Oh, I'm not speaking to my dad because, you know, he pissed me off and he wasn't there and this and that, and I'm just going to wait. Yeah, I got time. You, you don't have time. Today could be your last day. And we hear it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I guarantee you, 99.99999% of the people that died, 9-11, Southeast Asian tsunami, earthquakes, they weren't thinking they weren't going to come home that day, that night, look their loved ones in the eyes and say, look, I really love you, or I'm really sorry. And so if death came, how would you need to live your life so that you have no regrets? It's real. This thing is real. We're in it. It's going to be over before you know it. It's 2021 now, then 2022, then 2050, then holy shit, we'll be on our deathbed going, what happened to my life? I was just 10 years old. So I would just say, let's do it. And that movie would, would say, he fucking did it. He loved and he lived and he served and he inspired and he licked the plate clean of life. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 